Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. God made you to be this. I created you to do this. There's some basic things that we all know we've been created to do just because we're believers. We've been created to worship Him. We've been created to bring Him glory, but then there's specific things that God has created us to do. Our agenda in this life should be to get to that place. God, you, you created me uniquely to be into, I'm a unique person. You know, I've been crafted by you to do something. What is it? What is it that you would have me to do? Pastor Bill reminds us of this incredible truth today, that we are created by God for a special, unique purpose on this earth. From before time began, God knew you and he planned out what your role would be. Do you know what it is? If you do, go for it with everything you've got and give all the glory to God as you go. But if you don't know what that unique purpose is, don't despair. Start by worshiping God. Start by bringing Him glory. Grow closer to Him. Listen to His heartbeat and become more like Him. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Numbers chapter 18 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. For you guys that have been following along with us, the last few studies in Numbers have been kind of rough. Not on us, but on them, right? The Israelites have been messing up. They've been complaining. People have been dying. There were groups that were coming against Moses and Aaron, and God had to deal with them. And so in one section, the ground opened up and swallowed people whole. A plague broke out and thousands died, and they were just getting dealt with. And so last week, God kind of just settled the seat. He said, look, chapter 17, he said, everybody, give me all 12 of the tribes, send a leader, send a representative, and you come with your rod and put your name on it and we're going to put all the rods in the tabernacle and the next day the Lord is going to show us you know who he's with who he's chosen who he's selected if you guys remember Aaron's rod supernaturally budded and it had you know ripe almonds it had blossoms and and God had made it very clear that Aaron was the guy they weren't the people that he had chosen and so as we come to this portion Chapter 18 kind of breaks into two parts. The first seven verses, he's talking to the priests and the Levites about their role, their job. They've been given a great responsibility. I titled tonight's message, Do Your Part. We're going to be in numbers, but at the end, I want to look at something in Ephesians. But what God is challenging them, calling them to do, God's letting them know here that they each have a specific calling from God, as do we. And we'll see as we look at the difference of what a calling is. It wasn't something that they chose or selected or had hoped to be one day. It was something that they were born to be. And I just saw a lot of similarities between them and us. And so uh, let's look at the first two verses, Numbers 18. It says, Then the Lord said to Aaron, You and your sons and your father's house with you shall bear the iniquity related to the sanctuary, and you and your sons with you shall bear the iniquity associated with the priesthood. Also bring with you your brethren of the tribe of Levi, the tribe of your father, that they may be joined with you and serve you, and you and your sons with you before the tabernacle of witness. So this is what he's saying here at the beginning. He's got Moses and Aaron. Aaron's job and his family line, they're they're born into the priesthood. Their job is going to be to do the work of the priest. And the, the priest's work was very specific kind of work. They went into the presence of the Lord. They went into the Holy of Holies. They 
they touched and handled the holy things. They made sacrifices. They burned incense. They had a very special job. And if I could simplify the role of the priest in that era, it was this. Two things. The priest would go before God on behalf of the people. The priest would also go before the people on behalf of the Lord. Those two things, was, he was the go-between. He would go before the Lord on behalf of the people, interceding, praying for them. Remember when the plague broke out, Aaron had to go and stand in between, and he stood in between those that had died and those that stopped dying. He interceded, the plague stopped. They're in between. That's their role. The Levite is a little different. The Levite deals with more of the practical things in the tabernacle. So he would handle the, the utensils and cleaning the instruments. He did more of what we might call the menial task. And the best way I could kind of compare the two, the priest and the Levite, would be to look at the New Testament, the church, and look at the pastors and the deacons. The pastor's job was to focus on the spiritual aspect of things, the preaching of the word, the praying and studying the word. And if you guys remember in Acts 7, when we got the first deacons, the apostles said, look, we're not going to leave the word of God to serve tables. Um, not because they were above serving tables, but because they had a job that they were to, to do that they needed to be focused on. So they said, we need to raise up some other men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit. We can appoint to this task. And they raised up the deacons, the first deacons, those that would serve in the church to take care of those other tasks that they might continue to give themselves here. This is what I want us to catch as we look at these things. Even way back here, God had established, like God's people have had and always, they've always had purpose given to them by God. He said, Aaron, you and your families, your kids, your household, all your generations, this is what I'm going to do through your, your family. And then the Levites, bring them along too. I got a special task for them. And I want you to just consider, what if you had been born somewhere along the line of Aaron's family? They weren't born into the world saying, I want to do the priest duty, you know? I like that priest gig. I want to do that. No, they weren't born. They just were, it was born that this is what you're going to do, right? This is what you're made to do. And they needed to accept it. If you were a Levite, now I would imagine if you were a Levite, because they had to work really hard, the priest work was hard too, but I can imagine if you were a Levite that you might say, man, how come I can't do the priest stuff? And we'll see throughout scripture that people got in trouble for wanting to step out of their lane. Someone that was called to function as a king decides, I want to do the priest thing. Anybody know someone that did that? Anybody? No? Uzziah, one of them. Um, there were a few times in history where a person that you got your calling, you got your lane, you got your place, decided, but I want to do that too. And it never went well. Uzziah did that. And he was stricken with leprosy. and He died a leper. There his legacy went, you know, stepped out of his calling, out of what God had called him to do. So what I want us to consider as we look at these things, I, I hate to look way back and say like, OK, just priests and Levites. This is for them way back when. And it has no parallel. It does have a relation to us today because God is the same yesterday today, and forever. And in the same way that God had a purpose for his people, then God has a purpose for his people right now. And it was something you were born to be. It's not something you decide to be. It's not something you grow up, look at TV and see a few other people. I want to be that. I want to do that. It's not, it's not something we pick. There's something every single one of us that's born again that God's made you to be this. I created you to do this. There's some basic things that we all know we've been created to do just because we're believers. We've been created to worship him. We've been created to bring him glory. But then there's specific things that God has created us to do. Our agenda in this life should be to 
get to that place. God, you, you created me uniquely to be into. I'm a unique person. You know, I've been crafted by you to do something. What is it? What is it that you would have me to do? And that's that should be. I, I encourage everybody here. I'm going to have some questions. I want you to write down at the end. Some things for you to ask yourself and to really take before the Lord. But everybody here has been created to do something. These guys were created. You're going to be priests. You're going to be Levites. And God's going to lay out to them what their roles are and how he wants them to function, the things he wants them to do. One thing, if you're writing down notes, write down 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. And I just want to read it to you guys that, you know, as we look back at them, a lot of times when we look at the priesthood, I would look at it and say, well, you know, Jesus is our high priest. You know, that that's one New Testament parallel. One way I would look at it, that, hey, Jesus is now my high priest. Jesus stands in between me and God. He intercedes before the Lord on my behalf so that, you know, I can have a right relationship with God. And that's true. But then the Bible says that he's also made us. I'm going to read this to you. First um, Peter chapter two, I'm going to read verses nine and ten to us. And it says this, but you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. First of all, that he says, that's what you are. These are all the things you are. You're a chosen generation. That means you're chosen by God, your generation, your royal priesthood. Our dad is the king and we're in the kingdom of God. We're, we're a royal priesthood. We have a function as a priest. I'll explain what that is. We're a holy nation. We're set apart. We're his own special people, God says about us. And then he says that you may. Why did God, all those great things that we are, what are we to do with all that? And he says that you may do this. Proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Right? We used to be in darkness, you guys. We used to not know God. We used to be separated from him. And he says, I want you guys that God did that for. I've set you apart. I've made you a holy nation. I've made you a chosen people, a royal priest of my own special people that one you guys can proclaim my praises. I'm worthy of it. And I want you guys to be the ones to proclaim it to other people in the world. Um, that you may proclaim the praises of him who brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Then verse 10 says, who once were not a people, because we used to be separated, but are now the people of God. Who had not obtained mercy, but now we have. And he reminds us of what we were. You used to not be God's people, but now you are. You used to not have his mercy, but now you do. And it's just reminding us. And so I don't want us to read these things and think like, oh, yeah, this way back when in this. Now, how are we a priesthood? Right. We're not Jesus. You know, people aren't going to get to heaven through us. But in this case here, he said, I want you to proclaim it to other people in the same way that a priest would go before people on behalf of the Lord. We are to go before people on behalf of the Lord. We're to be sharing with them who he is, the praise of him. We're to be sharing. There are people that we come into contact with that don't know God. And God's, I brought you, I brought them into contact with you because you know me. And I brought you out of darkness into the marvelous light. And I want you to tell him or her or them about it. And so God wants to use us in that way. And then there are people that God says, I want you to come to me on behalf. I want you to intercede. There are people that just need prayer. There are people, you know, I've already talked to them. I've already shared with them. There's something supernatural needs to happen. God said, well, then now you come to me on their behalf. Bring them before me in prayer. Intercede. And that way we're functioning in the same way. You know, we're not sacrificing animals. We're not spilling blood, but we're participating in the work of God. And so one thing I would ask everybody here is, and this is just a self-evaluation for you to ask yourself honestly, question yourself. How involved are you in that process? How often are you sharing with other people on behalf of God? 
sharing with them who he is and what he's done? And how often are you speaking to God on behalf of other people? How often are you praying for others, interceding for other people? Are you involved in that exchange? Because God's called you and me to be involved in that exchange. And something you'll find that's amazing and supernatural is when you get involved in that exchange, you'll experience that God is working with you and you're working with God. There are things that you experience as you step out in faith, as you begin to witness and minister and share, that you put yourself out there and you'll see God just show up. You'll see God intervening, God God showing up in places that it's like, okay, you know, earlier today, you know, I, I buy and sell stuff on, on, on these little apps, Craigslist, and there's this thing called OfferUp. It finds people close to you. So I was selling a phone and a guy said, hey, I want to get it. You know, I'm, I'm in Inglewood too. And I said, well, meet me at Starbucks. And uh, he was like, no, meet me at Winchell's. And I'm like, Winchell's isn't, isn't messed up near us. <laughs> That's not really where I want to be at, you know. But, uh, but I was like, okay, whatever, you know. And I, I got in my car and I was like, I just said a prayer. I said, Lord, should I go or do not go? And I had peace to go. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and go. And I parked there, text, I said, hey, I'm here. And I look right across the street, I'm parked there. Across the street, there's a house and there's a couple of young fellas out there all tatted on the face and the neck and everything else. And the guy starts walking across and I'm like, all right. And he comes around to get in my car. And I was like, nah, <laughs> get in my car. So I, I get out of my car and get out and start talking to him. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. He, no, there was nothing, you know, he wasn't up to nothing, you know, sold him the phone. We had to go across the street and get changed. And all these things, I kept thinking, like, what is he doing? He's like, you got changed for her? I'm like, I don't have changed for her. He's like, will you walk across the street to the store with me? I'm like, hey, he's getting me away from my car. <laughs> the Lord is with me, you know, and I just, I went ahead and did it. So we get all done. And I'm looking at him the whole time. And I'm thinking, like, because this is, this is like, this blood area. But he's got all these, you know, crypt tats. So I was like, can I, can I talk to you for a minute? And I just opened up the conversation. And the guy was, if you were to judge him by his, his look, you would have said, I didn't want to hear about this. But as soon as I opened up the conversation, he stayed there for another 10, 15 minutes and spoke with me, listened to everything I had to say, took a invite. I found out that you know his, his hand was broken. He just had a fight yesterday. Um, you know, and I'm like, yeah, man, you know, you really want to, you really need to get saved quick. You know, you're not going to be here long, you know, over here running that game, you know, and it just reminded me there as I was talking to him, I was shocked. It wasn't my faith. It was, I was shocked that he was listening and interacting with me in a spiritual way. I'd be honest. I mean, I'm here. There's a part of me that just wanted to just get the money and go like, oh, I made it, you know, but just open it up. And it was like, wow, now. This, this person needs what I have. I don't know that he's, you know, now I hope he comes Sunday. If he does, I'll be blessed to see him there. But I don't know that he's going in a church often, you know. And so there are people all around us that got us saying, get out there, you know. And it's exciting. It's, you know, you may take some risk. You may be a little scared or a little nervous, but it's exciting to get out there and just God, I'm speaking to him on your behalf, right? You love this guy. You care about him. You want to save him. And I don't know if anybody else is telling him the gospel. I don't know who else in his life that knows you. And so right now I'm here. Let me tell him. And um, I, was, I walked away encouraged. I was super blessed walking away from that interaction. It could have been, a, you know, something I could have missed out on it. I'm sure I've missed out on opportunities like that before. So I'm not, I don't want to be boasting like I always get it right. I don't. But it felt really good. There's a sense when you're, again, when you're cooperating with God, it's like, man, I'm not doing a natural thing right now. God's working with me. These are his words. 
He's ministering right now. Everything I'm saying with this guy right now, when I leave, is supernatural. It'll be God can continue to work on that. You know, so I encourage all of us that we would get involved in that process and step out of your comfort zone and share the gospel, pray with some folk that need to see and just see what God does. You know, it's always a blessing when we do that. So moving on, look at verse three. It says, they shall attend to your needs. Speaking of the Levites, told them, you know, bring the Levites with you also. The sons of Levi says, verse three, they shall attend to your needs and all the needs of the tabernacle, but they shall not come near the articles of the sanctuary and the altar, lest they die. They and you also. So there's some holy parameters. God said the Levites, their job is different than the priests. The priest is going to be touching certain articles. They're going to go into the holy place when they're supposed to. But the Levite, their job's different. And in our vernacular today, we might tell somebody, you need to stay in your lane. Well, God is saying, look, priest, this is your job. Levite, this is your job. These are God-ordained tasks. This is what I've called you to do. Don't worry about what they're doing over the fence. Worry about what I called you to do. And sometimes we have that issue in the body of Christ where because people aren't doing what they're called to do, you know what happens when you're not doing what you're called to do? You become a spectator at what everybody else is doing and you start nipping at folks. You know, I don't know if we got any guys here that do this, but I know some guys will sit there at a game or sit in front of the TV and they'll they'll critique everything. You know, it's like, I mean, they, they ain't played in 40 years, but they'll they'll critique the whole, you get, you move, you slow, you get, just yelling at the players and everything else. And, you know, at sometimes in the spiritual realm, the church becomes like that. It's people that's just sitting there. They ain't doing nothing. They're like, I don't think they should do that like that. And, and I, I, don't, I don't like how they do that over there neither. And that, that's not the way I would do that, but they're not doing a thing. And so you don't want to be that. You don't want to be a spectator. You'd be amazed as you get involved in the work. It impacts you. You realize the challenges that come along with the work. You realize the warfare when you're doing the work and you're in the midst of the work and you realize when you see somebody having a hard time, you know how to go pray for somebody in the work. And so we want to be careful not to just be spectating that we all have a role, something to do. And we don't want to be looking too long. I, I you know, I got to focus. I've been called to do something and I need to learn how to do it as best I can and grow in it and focus upon it. And everybody else has their thing. And so. One thing I would ask you guys here, as clear as the calling for the priest and the calling for the Levite, there's a calling upon your life that's just as clear. Do you know what it is, though? And you, you do, that's something for you to ask yourself. Just like the priest would know I'm, I'm called to be a priest. How do you know? Because I was born by that guy. And according to my bloodline, that's what I am. I know I'm called to be a Levite because I was born through the you know, chain of Levi. I know it. Just as specific and, you know, as it was what they were called to be, New Testament saints, there's something we're called to be and to do. As you look into the New Testament, you know, Jesus called Peter and he knew right away, Jesus said, Peter, you're going to be a fisher of men, right? It took a while for him to get there, but he got there. He became a fisher of men. It took some years and it took a whole lot of mess ups and a whole lot of him doing the wrong thing and sometimes getting it right and sometimes getting it wrong but God said he called it when he saw him Peter you're a fisher of men that's what you're going to be for me and yep he had his hiccups his ups and downs his falls but he got there where he became a fisher of men 3,000 people saved in one sermon you know and that was just a, a off the cuff you know it wasn't even a planned a pre-planned message it was just him speaking up 
when something happened, filled with the Holy Spirit, boom, 3,000 people saved. You know, the Lord did his thing. When the Apostle Paul was Saul and God met him on the road of Tarsus and knocked him off his high horse and blinded him and Saul got saved. God told this man, Ananias, I want you to go pray for him. Right. Saul was blinded and he was going to be led by the people that were with him to Ananias. Ananias said, Lord, do you know? He thought the Lord didn't know what he was doing. He said, Lord, do you, do you know this guy You're putting us in jail and killing us? You sure? And this is what the Lord told him. He says, hey, he's a chosen vessel of mine. He's going to preach the gospel before kings and all these different people. And I'm going to show him how much things he must suffer for my name's sake. God knew all that the day he got saved. He just got saved. He's still blind. He don't know. Paul don't know nothing yet. He's not even Paul yet. But God said, I know what I've called you to be. You're going to do this for me. You're going to speak to people in high places for me. And he did exactly what God said. So as we look at their lives and it was so clear what God intended for them. Do you believe that God's call upon your life is that clear? That it's clear. Just like God said for Paul, I know that I've called them to be this. God, I just got to get them there. I know that I've called Peter to be a fisher of men. Just got to get him there. God's got a plan for you that's just the same. This is the deal. How do we get aware of that information, right? How did Peter figure out that he was to be a fisher of men? Well, one, Jesus told him. So you need to be interacting with the Lord. You need to be speaking to God and listening to the Lord. Prayer and the word. Being in Bible study like you guys are doing tonight. Just time in his presence where God reveals things to us. That's one thing. The other thing was this. Peter continued walking. It was a it was a progressive thing. He walked with the Lord. For, he walked with God for some years. He had a major mess up where he denied that he even knew the Lord. And he was all bummed out and God had to come back to him and restore him. I and mean, there's all these things happen. But he did keep walking with God. When he fell, he got back up and he eventually got there. And it wasn't a planned thing. It wasn't something he worked really hard to do. One day when the Holy Spirit fell and he was baptized in the Holy Spirit and people were misunderstanding what it was, Peter said, hey, I, I know what it is. This is what was spoken up by the prophet Joel. And he started going and the Holy Spirit gave him what to say. He preached a message that was cutting and people got saved. Um, as I look at Paul, how did Paul figure out that he was to be this guy to speak to people in high places? He just kept walking with God. He just kept moving forward with the Lord. He didn't, you don't see Paul backsliding for three years, you know, stepping out of the lane for a while. He kept moving forward with the Lord and he had some difficulties, but he made it through it. Believers weren't receiving him. When Paul got saved, it wasn't easy. He got saved. They were like, I don't think you saved, Paul. Uh, you can't come to our church. That's, that was happening. Barnabas had to go with Paul and say, no, he's okay, guys. I'm putting my stamp of approval on my name. Receive Paul. Let him come to church here. That's how bad it was for him in the beginning. But he just kept walking, kept moving forward, and he got where God wanted him to get. My heart's desire for us as a church, as a body of believers, is that we would all get where God's trying to, each of us individually, each of us here have gifts that would glorify God and benefit everybody around you. And we got to know what they are and be faithful to let the Lord use us in that way. When God makes it clear what you're called to be, you want to pursue it like a calling. Right? If God makes it clear that you're to be a pastor, you're to be someone that is proclaiming my word. Then you should be a faithful student of the word. And you should be sowing in the word and preparing your heart that God might use you in that way. God may show you that you're called to teach. Or God may show you that you're called to serve in some way or help in some way. God may stir your heart up for a specific group of people where you say, man, my heart's just burdened for this group of people that need the Lord. And I, I want to either start a ministry that reach out to them or help them. Whatever it is that God puts on your heart. If God keeps putting on your heart, you haven't taken one step or you're not living in such a way that you could take a step. 
when you find out what your calling is, you're supposed to pursue it. Because this is what God called me to be. There, there's nothing else for me to do in this life except that right there. That's what I'm called to be. And you need to pursue it with all your heart. Because um, it'll glorify God. It'll be the most fulfilling thing you can do with your years, weeks, hours, and minutes on this earth. That you spend them doing that thing God created you to do. Amen. You've been listening to another edition of A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Thanks for tuning in. The book of Numbers, well, it has a lot of numbers, but there's much more in this book than that. During their long, drawn-out journey, the Israelites' faith in God is tested. In return, these wayward people test God's patience towards them, but God remains faithful and true in looking out for His chosen people. When you think about it, it's no different today. People disobey and test God's patience, while they also endure hardships and challenges that they wouldn't have desired. But in all, God remains faithful through and through. If you missed any part of this series in the book of Numbers, you can hear these messages by going to CalvaryInglewood.org. A Transforming Word is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. If you're ever in the Inglewood area, we'd like to meet you. Our service times are on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you're unable to visit in person, we stream our services online. For more information, such as directions and links to media pages, just visit CalvaryInglewood.org. Again, that website is CalvaryInglewood.org. Thanks for tuning in today to A Transforming Word. Next time... Pastor Bill will continue teaching through the book of Numbers, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. You might be surprised by how things in this book might apply to the very things you're working through in your own life. So be sure to join us again to hear and be challenged by a transforming word.